Today, I want us to focus on what it means to be a welcoming congregation. And so I ask you this question, have you ever been somewhere or been around a group of people and felt like you were an outsider? Like you did not fit in, like you did not belong? There is probably nothing more humiliating than to feel like you don't belong, like everyone around you has a place, but you do not fit in. And I think all of us at one point or the other in our lives must have had this experience. No matter how many times we have been welcome, the times that stand out the most to us are when we feel like we have been left off the guest list, when we have not been welcome. It may be in middle school. You may not have fit in with the crowd. It may be in high school or even in college. It may have been at work or among some acquaintances, it may be in your own family, that sense that you do not belong, that you do not have a place with everyone else. You see, church, we live in a world that is really good at the practice of exclusion. We are good at excluding others. We have created groups and organizations, fraternities and sororities, and even while they may seem like they're about the acceptance business, we know ever so often if we look carefully, it's more about excluding others. Recently, a friend of mine told me he joined a fraternity. And when I asked him what the requirements were and he told me I thought he was running for President of the United States of America. Now I understand why some of his fellow friends did not make it. The requirements to get in were so rigorous, were so, so, so task-oriented that I thought that's just too much to join an organization. We have mastered the art of exclusion as a society. We have become so good at it, it becomes commonplace. It's now embedded in our society and it's accepted in our everyday way of life. But what this has done, church, is that it has marginalized so many persons. It has separated them into categories and called, made them come, come across as mit, misfits and outcasts because they do not fit the particular profile or the norms of society. But we as the church, we as the body of Christ, the people who are disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to be different. You see, we are called to be different because Jesus himself has set a model for us, a model of love and radical hospitality that we are instructed to follow. So we will not be the church that does the exclusion. We will not be the people that, that exclude others. So today we're beginning a new sermon series and it's called Room at the Table for You. And throughout the series, we're gonna look at Jesus's ministry of inclusion and radical hospitality. We are going to study and, and, and look at how Jesus reached out and welcomed those who society had frowned upon and those who society had scorned, many who society would not be caught dead, eaten with or associating with. We're going to see how Jesus went beyond the lines that were drawn and welcomed those who were considered to be misfits and outcasts, welcoming them into the love of God, allowing them to know that they are children of God, children of the Most High God. 
In the gospel reading that we heard this morning, Jesus was walking one day and he saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, otherwise known as Matthew, sitting at his place of business. Now Jesus had just finished having an argument with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. If you go a few verses back, you will hear that Jesus had told this man who was paralyzed that his sins are forgiven and heal the man. And the religious leaders were upset because they believe only God had the power to say to someone that your sins are forgiven. And so they got into a tizzy and, and started arguing with Jesus saying that he was blaspheming. But Jesus stood up and, and healed the man. And you would think after such an argument that Jesus would have tried to toe the line and, and be in step with the religious leaders. But no, Jesus walked out and on his way out, he saw Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth doing his job. And what did Jesus do? Jesus said, Matthew, come and follow me. Church, if you read the gospel sufficiently, you will realize that Jesus had a way of crossing lines. Jesus had a way of crossing boundaries that were set by society. You'll realize that Jesus had a way of getting into trouble. I've said it a few times, good trouble. Jesus had a way of getting himself into a pickle for the right reasons. And so Jesus saw Matthew and said, Matthew, come and follow me. Now, there is something you need to know about tax collectors. As a particular group of people, tax collectors were hated by their fellow Jews. They were considered to be siding with their oppressors, the Roman Empire. They were considered to be siding with their oppressors when they collected taxes from their own people to give to Rome. And not only were they considered oppressors or siding with their oppressors, they were considered to be crooks also because it was believed that not only were they collecting taxes, but they were collecting more than they should and were pocketing the difference. And so the tax collectors were considered to be the lowest of the lowest, the bottom of the barrel, as you would say here in the US. They were considered to be people who should never be trusted. As a matter of fact, you would never want to be associated with a tax collector. The religious leaders and, and the Pharisees would stay far from them. You know that phrase that says, show me your company and I'll tell you who you are? The religious leaders would want to stay far from them because the tax collectors were not the kind of people. They would be the people your parents would tell you to stay away from. That's what they were. But Jesus walking out seeing Matthew said, Matthew, come and follow me. Now, I know it may not sound so shocking to you because we are far removed from Jesus' time. And we have heard these stories of what Jesus had done over and over again that they become familiarized to. We familiarize them. They're almost like sanitized. When you hear something enough and you're not in the, the actual context of what is happening, you may think, hi, oh, it's not such a big thing. Oh, yeah, Jesus welcome a tax collector. It's like IRS coming to your door and you say, come on in. But, but, but that was not the case, church. That was not the case. You know, several years ago, one of the former presidents and his wife invited this particular lady to the White House, this young lady. And, and, and many people were up in arms because the young lady worked in a disreputable industry. 
And, and they were asking, how could you as the president invite this lady into the White House? Don't you know what she does for a living? I mean, people were up in arms. They were writing about it in the New York Times and the Washington Post about who the president invited to the White House. You see, to, to be invited to the White House, you, you've got to be some head of state. You, you've got to be an elite or you, you've got to make your mark on society in such a positive way to even get an invitation, much less to show up at the White House. But the former president and his wife invited this young lady and they took a beating for it. She did not match up to what were the expectations of society. What Jesus did was scandalous. Jesus invited a tax collector to come and to be his disciple. But not only did Jesus invite this tax collector to come and be his disciple, but the tax collector, Matthew, accepted the invitation and did it readily. We are told that when Jesus said to him, come and follow me immediately, immediately he got up and left everything. You see, church, when, when people believe or, or get the understanding or, or, or find out that they have a place where they belong, where, where they're welcome, when they're, where they're invited, they will get up and leave what they're doing, no matter how good it may be or how bad it may be. Immediately, Matthew got up and left what he was doing. You see, I can imagine Matthew was saying, wow, this, this rabbi knows me. He actually sees me. He sees beyond what I do for a living. Even though he knows that I, I collect taxes for the oppressor, even though he knows that I may skim a few off the top, he still invites me to come and to be his disciple. And so Matthew got up and followed Jesus immediately. But, but there is something else that happened. Matthew not only followed Jesus immediately, but in joy and celebration, Matthew threw a banquet for Jesus. You see where this is going, church? The, the trajectory, not only did Matthew, Jesus called Matthew, but Matthew had a change of heart. He, he recognized he belonged, and, and not only did he recognize he belonged, but he also had this, this moment of celebration that someone saw him for who he truly was, a child of God, made in the image of God, having the divine spark within him. Matthew threw a feast. And then guess what happened after that? Others showed up, others like Matthew, other tax collectors, others that they call sinners showed up at this feast for Jesus. And I can't imagine, and I, and I, I want you to put on your imagination with me and, and think what they may be thinking. They may be thinking, wow, if, if this man could have known who Matthew is and, and, and invited Matthew to follow him, probably he will see us too for truly who we are. He will see us not for what we do, but who we really are. How many people among us are, are longing to be seen for who they truly are? How many people among us are longing to be known for who they really are and not for what they do or what society says they are, but who they truly are, people of inherent worth and dignity, children of the most high God. And so the tax collectors and, and the sinners gathered at the table. 
And, and there's something about eating at the table. You see, when you're at a table, when you're having this kind of table fellowship with others, it's basically saying, you're my people. We are friends. You're my village. You don't really eat with someone if you're, if you're not wanting to associate with them. So the tax collectors and the sinners being there, it's, it's this, this communion happening, this fellowship happening. We are one. And it's a matter of Jesus seeing them truly for who they are. I wonder how many people are waiting to be invited at a table. I wonder how many people are waiting to hear you are more than what you do and you are more than what you have done. You're a child of God. Come on home. I wonder how many people would love for someone to see them for more than what they do or, or what shame has been ascribed to them and say, you are a child of God, loved exactly as you are. There they were eating, rejoicing. Yes, the Pharisees and the religious leaders were still having their little, their little tizzy fit, but these people now knew they belong. They knew, they knew that they now belong. As I was thinking and mulling over the sermon this past week, there's this old sitcom that used to come on TV. I don't remember all the details of it. I think it was called Cheers. I think you all remember that. And the gathering was at a pub. But there was something about the introductory song that stayed with me. And I'm not sure if I get it right and I will not sing. I tell you all the time, you know, I got height, not voice. But I'll tell you the words of it. It says, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where people see troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. I can imagine for these tax collectors and sinners who showed up when Matthew threw that feast for Jesus, they were like, somebody knows our name. Somebody will see us for who we truly are and will accept us and welcome us no matter what we have done. Yes, they're not on the who's to who list. They're not the influencers. They're not on TikTok. They're not on Facebook or any social media. But they're still children of the Most High God. And Jesus had a way of, of allowing his mission to reach to people that many of society would turn a blind eye to or would ignore. Jesus' mission always crossed the line. Jesus' mission always pushed against the boundaries that have been set up to keep people out. Today I stand before you, St. Mark, as one who knows what it is to be kept out but also as one who even knows more what it is to experience the radical love of God, one who has been shaped by God's love and hospitality. And I challenge you today to be the church that you have always been. Mary Abbott has shared the 70-year history of how St. Mark has been a radically welcoming and hospitable congregation. Some things I did not know until she shared this morning in our earlier service. What we have done, always being the church, not just to toe the line, but to step over the line. Not just to say that you're welcome, but to truly welcome people. 
So I challenge you this morning that you have a moral and a God-instructed responsibility to be a welcoming congregation. I want you to push beyond just who you are and allow others to know no matter who they are, they are welcome here. But I also want us to push beyond the confines of our building and go into our neighborhood and allow people to know that you are loved by God, you are a child of God, and there is a place at God's table for you. That's what Jesus did. That, has, that is what has been done for each of us who is here, here today. And this is what we too have been commanded to do. Matthew, come follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. I can hear Jesus saying, Bill, Bill Sanders, come follow me. Yes, I did call your name. Bill Sanders, come follow me. And I see Bill getting up and following Jesus. I can hear Jesus saying, Noe, come and follow me. And Noe getting up and following Jesus. I can hear Jesus saying, come and follow me. And people getting up and walking into new life, into new life, new love, new way of being. And we are instructed to do the same. So today, in the name of Christ, our Lord, I challenge you. I challenge you, St. Mark, do not stop. It's in your DNA, do not stop. Allow us to be the ones to show the radical and hospitable love of Christ to everyone we meet. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen.